0: Hello all you seekers and explorers out there. Welcome to this uh, podcast from the Alchemy Experience. Today we are having a guest on, and it's Jason Holzer, who's the author of a most fantastic book, Shattered by Suicide, Renewed by Resilience. So we spend this podcast and a discussion talking about the book, of course, and his journey from when he was 17 year old his father to suicide and how he's come back and built, you know his life and his purpose around his experiences. Jason's self-professed purpose in life is to help others build resilience as a means to combat mental health health, uh, challenges and uh, he does this through uh, working with children and parents uh, through sports and sports coaching. And his work is uh, most grounded and approachable uh, in his advice and the coaching that he does. So without further ado, let's get into the discussion. Enjoy. Welcome, Jason. Appreciate you being here with me today.
1: Well, Chris, uh, it's great to be on here, man. Thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to my friends across the pond
0: absolutely so uh jason is sitting over in uh, missouri in kansas city and i'm here in oxford united kingdom but you know with technology the world is a vastly smaller space than it's ever been before so i'm uh, grateful for having you jason and uh having read your book uh it's amazing to me the journey that you've made and uh it's i suppose it's a, it's a hero's story really, isn't it?
1: And I, uh, I like to like, think that we're all the, the lone hero of our own story. It's just whether or not we choose to, to find those battles and, and face them. I think it's kind of what I, what I've learned is that, you know, we all in life, if you live long enough, something's going to happen to you. The question is, are you, are you willing to try to be that hero for yourself?
0: Yeah. So the book that, uh, jason wrote is uh, shattered by suicide renewed by resilience and uh, it's as i've said in the introduction uh, jason holzer who wrote it who is on the call today Um, and uh, it's really a a story about jason's experiences with his father committing suicide when uh, jason was 17 years old and i don't don't need you to uh, age yourself, but uh, it, it was a while ago. Uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, you know, it was, uh, it was, it's, you know, it's ironic that we're actually coming up. Uh, I've almost lived without him for as long as i lived with him. So I'll almost get to that point of where, you know, it's been, it'll be 18 years in, in May. Okay. Um, and I was about, I was almost 18 when he, when he passed, you know? Right, so right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 kind of crazy to think about in a lot of ways
0: yeah no it, it is uh, time flies as they say right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh yeah to me it was the first half of the book was uh kleenex tissue territory um a lot of uh, tears shed in uh, a, a compassion and empathy for for the uh, you know 18 year old boy and the challenges for you and your family but then the second half of the book um, was very much about how you worked, the, the tools you used to get through it with support around you and the uh, kind of mindfulness techniques that you used to uh, uh, push through. Uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that, Jason?
1: Yeah, and you know, um, when you write a book, and you and I have talked about this too, like you gave me some great feedback. there's a lot of things I've learned even beyond that since when I wrote it, you know, some of the, some of the best methods that, you know, we've learned mutually on mind Valley and other personal growth areas that we've um, dove into, especially meditation is one that I've really found to be, you know, an essential part of my, it's almost necessary for me every day. If I don't have it, you know, I feel like my whole day is not, I mean, you can always, you know, retract yourself and get yourself back on, but, for me like there's no better way to start with meditation that was something i was kind of not doing as much at the time but i've now made it a daily practice
0: well it gives you a baseline in the morning to lower your stress levels as opposed to jumping on facebook immediately and increasing your baseline uh, of yeah. stress level right so you, you have yeah. a lower baseline that you can dip down to and uh, uh, get back to as it were so I, I, it to me, it's energetic and spiritual and mental hygiene, as well as, you know, taking a shower every day. I meditate every day and I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah.
1: Or like going to the gym and exercising your muscles or, you know, you name it. It's like that holistic health of, Hey, mind, body, spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and then you take care of all three of those things. And it's amazing what we can do as humans, whenever we truly are in tune with ourselves in all aspects.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the, so in terms of the journey you've had, um, and we'll probably be jumping back and forth a bit here, but one thing that you talk about, and it's in the title of the book, is resiliency. Uh, where do, you, When you experience a cataclysmic trauma like you did, um, and in my experience, when the times I've had not to that, well, I've lost a a father myself, but I wasn't that young, and it wasn't suicide, but, you know, still loss, but other uh, situations I've been in, where you, it's almost like you have a blank space in front of you, and you can't see yourself, you can't actually visualize yourself in any capacity or any identity in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So, how do you how do you end up with that blank canvas and rebuild that resilience or how do you find that resiliency and how do you rebuild and paint that picture of uh, your future self
1: well if i if i could go and do a little reverse capping and you know my 17 year old self never would have saw what i have today you know and so i think it's part of it is is um you just take days, like life one day at a time. You know, it's, it's literally like, what do I need today to be okay? And sometimes it's sort like, what do I need today to be okay? Is it like, you know, I'm going to cry for five hours or is it, you know, am I, am I going to, you know, go and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, what do I need today to be okay? Yeah. And for me at that time at 17, you know, I, my emotions were I would literally go from feeling every emotion on the, to feeling nothing. And then that kind of turned into myself of like, you know, asking questions like, what could I have done differently? Like, you know, confusing, complex questions. And then, and it's like, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth. There's some shame. There's some, I mean, all kinds of negative emotions get swirled inside of you where it literally almost grips you and turns you into a vice of, and you, your, your body is so exhausted that you literally go numb. And I would, and I danced between that, you know. Shortly after he passed away, of not even knowing what do I do next, you know. And it was part of it was, you know, the the community aspect feel of, of people coming to your aid, of people like, you know, the family aspect of like just checking in on you and mm-hmm. and allowing you to to listen what you're going through and not in, in a non judgmental way, just like, hey, I'm just I'm just here to listen, like I'm just here to like. Like what is this like for you? And then when you're able to get out of your head, when you're, you're able to get out of all these like things, like these stories that you're making up, and and you're just able to get them out, it's there's it's it's the start of of healing. And there's there's a grief process that everybody has to go through. Yeah. And for me, what I what I did, what I wish I would have done was, talked to people that um could help me sooner right i had a i just I had the classic 17 18 year old ego like oh i can handle this by myself i got this i'm fine and, I, and what i realized i was like that that strategy for me was suppressing it and not dealing with it yeah which anything that's suppressed will eventually be expressed
0: yeah, whether absolutely. you consciously
1: do it or unconsciously do it yeah. and so it's and for the longest time you know i, I chose not to deal with it and it, and, it, and what happened was it expressed itself in. You know, like a self doubt, like a self worth, you know, not confident in who I am. And I was still doing the thing. I was going to college. I was a teacher. I was still doing the things that, you know, everybody on the outside, like, oh, Jason's fine. He's doing great. Mm. But, you know, I'm amazed that I was able to marry my wife because, like, my confidence factor was like, what am I doing? Like, how did she, what does she see in me? And it's, Mm. it's other people seeing things inside of you that you maybe you don't see in yourself that helps out too, like to draw that out of you, you know?
0: So you found that the the platform of support with people that could just sit be there and hold space for you uh, was key to allowing you to express yourself and get these energies out of your system as it were.
1: Yeah, and fully like trying to fully like make some kind kind of sense of what the heck just happened, you know, Mm. because. You know, my family growing up like my my parents have been together since high school. Like they've been together for over 20 years. Like it wasn't a dysfunctional situation. My dad wasn't an alcoholic. Like he was a blue collar electrician, like doing great things. He was a volunteer. It would have been easier
0: if there were some of those things going on, right? Right.
1: He was literally like the last guy you would have expected this to happen to. No. I mean, nobody ever would have saw my dad end it that way. You know, so that's what made it even more confusing. Was like. Like the guy that I grew up knowing who was funny, who was hardworking, who cared about his family, who, you know, was loved by the people that are around him, didn't find didn't find his own self worth and, and ended up losing his own life because of it. Like yeah. what was what was so hard? What was what was going on in his mind that made him feel like there was no escape, you know?
0: Yeah, and that those questions can drive us baddie because we don't we're very unlikely to find the answers to them, are we? hmm so the we
1: are unless you're willing to go deep right. And what i mean by that is like when i sat in meditation and i started connected to to dad my dad's spiritual side yeah like i was able to gain some clarity on like what and, and how how physically true it is or not i'll never know but it, it, was, it doesn't, doesn't matter peace does of it, mind. doesn't it, matter it, it gave me peace of mind because like yeah. my dad was hurting yeah. And so when I when I saw his perspective on what he might have been going through it allowed an understanding to come within me to let some of the resentment let some of the anger go and this just happened in my like 15 years later until, I mean it took a, like almost a decade and a half for me to truly start to discover and, and try to figure out what is going on there. Yeah.
0: And well, it's it's uh it takes a while to muster the courage I suppose to go that deep doesn't it?
1: It, yeah, because, because I mean, it, it's, it's scary.
0: It's, yeah, and it's typically quite messy. And you, you have to relive some of the trauma that you you had experienced previously, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And what helped was writing my book was I was able to get all that out. Like that was, you know, if anything, I, I was like, I always say, hey, I wrote it to number one, if it helped one person. Like that was mm-hmm. my, like, if it helped one person, if it saved one person's life, or if, it, if one dad read it and said, man I need to stay alive I need to do take care of myself for my children then it was worth it but the byproduct of that like was me writing it was like I, I, did, I had a lot of healing from it because i I was able to let out through typing through writing it out you know and that's why I'm really big into journaling too is because sometimes you don't always feel like talking to people about things but it's easy to kind of write it and put it in a notebook and it's, it's out of your it's just it's it's somewhere else
0: well you know? you've you've technically manifested it haven't you? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's done. It's out of your system you, and you can kind of take the next step from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, one thing i I work with my clients on is this idea of, uh, and I, I use the uh, metaphor, the uh, haystack, you know, finding the ne- needle on the haystack needles being the lessons and being the stuff you want to bring with you from different experiences. And, um, and when you try to deal with things yourself, you end up kind of diving into the haystack. And it's very confusing because there's all these straws of hay and <laughs> not very many needles, but eventually you'll find one or two. Um, and I suppose if you go to a therapist, you, you'll you take one one straw at a time and you organize them neatly. And after a long time, you can Get, get all the uh, needles out, out of the haystack. So what, one analogy I use is that we uh, set fire to the haystack and uh, what well, we're left with are the needles, right? And then we take the needles and we walk away. Uh, so what I tend to do is simplify things and boil it down to their their bare kind of essentials. Like you have an experience as a pure experience, and then it's your perception of the experience uh that will then help you move forward uh so you can reframe things if you have had a bad experience in the past you can reframe that experience uh to heal every uh, experience that mimics that or mirrors that going forward um so did you when you in your process did you find that you went down that route of kind of simplifying things and just trying to look at the the essentials of it, or did you kind of dive into the haystack?
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I dove into the haystack. I, I I feel like I made things more complicated because uh, of my, you know, you call it stubbornness, you call it, you know, you name it. But like trying to deal with it on your own because I was so young, you know, like yeah. so I yeah I didn't have the you know I, I'm pretty sure like a a male's uh, brain isn't fully developed until. 22 23 24 somewhere like that yeah I you know so i
0: think it's like 28 maybe. actually <laughs> mine still might be going i don't know I mean, I'm...
1: <laughs> uh but uh I, and so there was a lot of things as i look back on you know only thing you can do is take it as feedback like man if if only i had and but not not like not like dwelling on it, like man I, I i i'm i'm resentful of myself for not doing it but it was like just a learning experience of like, well. Good thing, bad thing, who knows kind of like is kind of like what I like to tell myself in, in anything. You know, something that might seem really exciting or seem really down, like good thing, bad thing, who knows, trying to keep a poised mentality of yeah. trying to stay calm. Um, but the, the lessons I learned by, like you mentioned, uh, going in and the needle in the haystack and taking a pitchfork and just shoving stuff everywhere, right, hmm. was I realized, like, I, I need people. I, I need to open up. I need, I I can't, I can't do it alone. And if that was the one lesson I learned, then I can take that and apply that to everything I'm doing. Like whether it's my marriage, it's raising kids, it's teaching, it's, you know, uh, learning from guys like yourself. Um, It's, it's, we were meant to have a village mentality. You know, we weren't meant to do this alone. And so when you go against that, you make life harder on yourself.
0: Well, with that experience, I imagine you also uh, develop an, an ability to open yourself up to being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but also you open yourself up to uh, other perspectives, other than um, other than your own. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes it easier because you haven't always been right.
1: Yeah, and it's actually it's actually easier now because I actually seek people who have different opinions, and they're like, well, what do you see on it? Oh, as opposed to like you know what what we tend to do in society now, thanks to you know, if you, if you watch Social Dilemma, you know what I'm talking about. Like, we get fed our own perspective all the time. And so anybody that has someone else's different perspective, we think, oh, well, we're judgmental. Whereas opposed to, like, seeking other people's perspective actually gives you empathy, clarity. Like, oh, I didn't realize, like, I was coming across that way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you name it. Like, so for me, I've learned to actually seek people who, you know, think different than me, who actually disagree with me. And if I could see their perspective, now I have a more holistic approach to life.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think it uh, enriches life as well. If you can, uh, if once you sit down and you understand all the different perspectives of one truth, uh, truth being a paradox, where anybody who looks at the truth will have a different opinion of what the truth actually is. Yeah, uh, If you can understand all of those uh, different perspectives, you become more compassionate. As you say, you become more willing to accept others and love others and understand uh, the the oneness, if you like.
1: Cause you know, like there's, and uh, Vishen only talks about, there's two types of root, truth, right? There's relative truth, which is like different religions like that kind of stuff. And then there's absolute truth. Well, I know if I drop this rock, it's going to fall like gravity is an absolute, it's going to happen every single time. You know, so with some of those relative truths is like, that's where we got a question is like, well, why do I believe this? Like, was it somebody else's belief that, that they told me I should believe this? Is it actually my own? You know, is it experience or is it a, and if it's, and if it's okay to believe that, if it, if it still connects with you, cool. But I think that's why we don't question things enough. You know, we allow other people to do the thinking for us and then we end up with a life that we don't want.
0: Absolutely. What, I, th- I think a lot of times people, when people start asking the question, that's when they're in for the ride of their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, they start asking questions like, "Why do I believe this? Why am I doing this? Why are, why I'm why am I not doing more for myself?" You know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Once you start asking those questions, then it's that slippery slope to uh, nirvana, as it were. That's when you're it's going to be a messy ride until you get there, but you are going to end up somewhere far better than the uh, just walking, sleepwalking through life. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, just an example too, like retirement, you know, the the idea that you retire one day and you're just kind of done with your career. I'm like, that's like a sentence for like, Hey, you know what? We need you to die sooner. So we don't have to keep paying your social security. So yeah. like, We're going to have you do nothing. And you just gonna kind of try to just kind of float through life after you've worked for 30, 40 years. I'm like, I'm not retiring, like, because I, like, that's, like, no, that's not, I'm sorry, but that's, that's an old way of thinking mm-hmm. that it's not for me. Thanks, but no thanks, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to keep doing, now, it'll look different, I'll be doing more and more of what I want to do as I build credibility, Like, and but I'm going to be doing something impactful, something exciting, something that's going to be on purpose, you know, I'm not just going to be like, hey, I'm retired now, so, I guess I'll go volunteer at church for a couple hours a week, or I'm to go to the grocery store three times a day. or it's
0: not. <laughs> Yeah, and no, I remember asked the uh, mortgage company several years ago asking uh, the retire- expected retirement age. And I said, uh, where's the box for I'm not retiring? And they are like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I don't intend to retire. They're like, why not? <laughs> it was like so foreign to them, you know, being yeah. a bank as well. You know, it's like, no, I have no intention on retiring. You know,
1: and, I, uh, just yeah, that mean, concept I learned from uh, like Bob Proctor, who's eighty-six years old, and mm-hmm. is like just you know on like just sharp as as a tack. Mm-hmm. Like his mind is still like, Phew. I'm like that's that's what I want to inspire to be like. I mean, I want to be like that guy. You know, yeah. like holy cow, he's eighty-six and he has no inclination of like slowing down and and i love what he says he's like you know what learn to slow your thoughts down but speed up your actions Hmm. so that paradox of like think slower act faster i was like oh i like that like you know the more clarity you get Mm -hmm. the more you will your actions will be you know in flow and and actually more productivity if you will because you have so much more clarity and so therefore you it's easier to take action
0: and actually your, your thoughts will come quicker as well so your thought process will be quicker when when you um allow for that clarity because there's not so uh, such resistance is that mm-hmm. um but yeah no i think i have set a target of uh, about 130 years i'm gonna live so uh I got a long way to go, so.
1: <laughs> that's that's exciting, man. That means we got uh, at least eighty more years to be friends, man. That's great. Absolutely, <laughs> you got to you got
0: to stick with me, though. Uh,
1: hey, likewise, man. I'm thirty, dude, thirty-five. So that means I got I got a hundred more years. So. Oh,
0: there you go. So I <laughs> might have to live a few more years on top of that, then. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, and thing is, with the technologies that are coming up now, with the exponential. Um, acceleration of technologies that we have seen in I mean in the past was in the past 10 years there have been more innovation that there, than there has been in the entire life or humanity as a whole um, it is exponential and it's only going to accelerate from here you know we are going to see uh, medical technologies coming up in the next 10 years that is going to allow us to live an extra 30, 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, when they are able to grow a new heart, that is a complete perfect replica of your own heart, because they take it from your uh, stem cells and all that, you know, it's, it's um, so the, it's not at all a pipe dream. That's the what's so funny about it. But when you tell people now, because people still live in the thinking of what we have had as a terms of technology, they're like, 130 no you no you're, you're dreaming boy
1: <laughs> like go, oh, not not really it's not as far as fetched as what you might think and you know it's cool too like whenever you say something crazy like that like you know quote unquote crazy the people that are like oh yeah that's that's easy like those those are kind of give you like the, the hints like i'll be around those kind of people people that are like oh that's not gonna happen Like okay and now i know like eh. yeah bye-bye <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you later yeah i don't need to be around i'm sure you're a nice person don't be wrong but i don't you know Spend too much time with you because you don't want to be brought down from like that thinking, too. You know, it's just
0: no, you, you become where, where, where did I see that? So, in five years' time, uh, or I think it was someone who wrote it on uh, the uh, the uh, Telegram group that we're in, but they said, um, Yeah, what you read now and the people you surround yourself with now is going to be who you're going to be in five years.
1: Mm-hmm. Which to me, I was like, Man, I'm really excited about that. Because yeah. like people are people you choose to associate with associate yourself with that's who you're going to become I'm like huh hey yeah
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> it's very cool isn't it yeah. so so now the you've come to this kind of uh enlightenment of your situation and you've uh you've been able to through resilience take yourself through and with the uh, support of your community, take yourself through to, you know, growth. You you made yourself a hero of your own story, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, you wouldn't proclaim it that way, so I'll do it for you. Um, <laughs> but well, uh, thank you. So you have created this concept called uh, 4D Athletes, um, and you're looking to use uh athletics as a means to uh attack i don't mean to say attack but to to work with suicide prevention and mental health do you want to talk talk to me a little bit about that
1: yeah you know um sports is is an authentic thing that a lot of things that we learn in sports transfer can transfer into other areas of life so we feel like it's an injustice not to teach uh, athletes, kids, you name it, while they're playing sports, the skill sets that they truly need, the essential life skills that they need to be successful in anything they do. And what we've seen in America here is that a win-all-cost mentality, like it's, it's focused on what you do on the scoreboard. Like it's, did you win, did you lose? And that's that, that based on if you were successful or not. And so our thing is, we have these athletes who are in multiple years that we can, we can form them into like, a, like super athletes, super humans, you name it, by teaching them skill sets that are gonna make them resilient, better decision makers, um, more compassionate, You know, understanding how to build habits, their own definition of success, but we're missing a mark on something. And again, we feel like, I would, and I would go on to say, it's an injustice not to teach them while they're that age. It's an injustice to only seek wins and losses. For us, it's like, how do we truly transform people through athletics how do we use sports and bring it back to its root ages of the greeks and what they use sport for because that's timeless like you know there's these things that are just timeless that that, that carry on before i that were here before i was here and that will carry on after i'm moved on you know so for us we see an opportunity to have this catalyst to bring because kids love to play kids love to be a part of something it's it's, mm-hmm. it's tribal it's in our nature to be um but it's very safe it's safe to fail like in baseball you know um if you get out seven out of ten times you're considered successful like you you know so there's so many things that like, you can teach um and we feel like that's what we're going to do as 4d athletes and four dimension 4d means you know environmental spiritual physical and mental so the holistic approach of of okay, teaching yeah. athletes yeah so
0: the Yeah. I mean, that's very exciting. And I think if you can get that balance right within sport, it's a wonderful experience. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, but humility is one of the key aspects in creating a a safe environment in sports, wouldn't it be?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it goes back to being, you know, a balance of being bold and being humble. Like, hey, you know what? You can say, hey, you're going to you know, hit a home run or something like that, or, or, you know, score the winning goal. But if you don't like, yeah, you know, I tried, but I know I might fail, but the greater failure is not going for it in the first place. The greater failure is staying on the sidelines in fear as opposed to going after something bold, knowing very well, I might fail, but I would rather see where I get to as opposed to not try at all. You know?
0: So, so what's the challenge? Obviously, With you guys working with children uh, in little leagues and what have you, uh, they look up to all of these uh, sports stars in uh, in America, where egos are quite inflated a lot of times, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of money in circulation. Mm -hmm. So you have the focus on the money and. The sport or the sports stars are not always the most uh, uh, good character or good uh, role models, if you like. How do you battle that when your kids kind of look at that as their role model? How do you get them to see the, the values that are in, should be intrinsic in sport?
1: Well, the good news is, Chris, there's a lot of athletes, I mean, for every one athlete that is, you know, egotistical and, and self conceiting there's also on the opposite like, ones that are very, you know, altruistic and have high character and have a likable, like, I would, I would love my kid to be like that kind of thing. So it's it's us, you know, our, our mission next is like, you know, finding those, those coaches, those athletes that have that same holistic approach mentality, to help shift the mindset of what sports is now to what we, what we think we were trying to get back to. So it's, it's, it's literally like, and and, and here in Kansas city, Missouri, we have that in our backyard with Patrick Mahomes who, you know, is a phenomenal athlete who's very young, but also um, seems to be, seems to be a great leader, seems to be, have a lot of things in place that, that he's going to succeed. Like his dad was a former professional athlete that did a lot of good things. Uh, you know so it's it's connecting with with influential athletes like that that have a mission and a purpose beyond the sport that they're playing
0: okay well yeah because that's always a challenge with the your own children right or my own children who who said the children it is now that you know they listen to music and they watch youtube and you know they pick up a lot of questionable (laughs) viewpoints uh coming asking, oh papa is this true i saw this on uh, youtube and it's like don't believe everything you see on the internet yeah but it's it's the same you know they are impressionable and they do pick up cues from people they revere and you know sports i know in america uh, i suppose over here in europe as well with the world cup I suppose mm-hmm. that's the only thing here for us uh, with the what we call football and you call soccer. Um, but like you have the World Series, you have the uh, Super Bowl, uh, then you have the uh, collegiate uh, athlete sports. I mean, it is a, such a integral part of the American fabric, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that, I mean,
1: it's it's amazing how much. It's funny too, as I look at this, I was like, why is all the why is like the top? Like, the only thing that's not really The top thing is soccer. Like soccer is way better in Europe, way better in South America, way better in other parts of the world, where the U.S. does not have. And hockey is better in in Canada, right? Cricket's better in India, but like football, baseball, basketball, American football, that's all pretty much located in the United States. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to you know see like the how how much of a big deal sports is in America. Compared to other places in the world, I don't think other places in the world really emphasize sports as what Americans, as what the United States does, except for the World Cup, except for soccer. That's one exception, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, and I uh, I think the in most other countries, you have, like in Sweden, for example, ice hockey is a huge thing. mm. Uh, The town I grew up in, in southern Sweden, we have uh, two handball. Teams in the uh, in the uh, top league in uh, Sweden, so handball is like religion, you know. <laughs> but in okay. America, yeah, yeah, yeah. In America, I uh, I think you have more sports. It's more sports that are very popular, like baseball and football, and uh, what else do we have? Basketball, yeah. Basketball. Mm-hmm. You have ice hockey. Is also NHL obviously a huge as well. So how do you tie in this with just tying back to the, uh, suicide prevention, how do you tie this in? Is it to get the kids to grow up and be resilient and, uh, not be, uh, have end up with suicide ideation, or is it bringing the father or the mother or the parents, uh, to interact closer with the children in through sports? How does it work?
1: Yeah, it's, a. Uh it's a village mentality, right. Of raising the awareness of not only the, the, the athletes, the kids, but the parents, and then also using the influence of coaches because you, I mean, and here in America, I've had a situation where I, you know, I, I coach basketball teams and I have parents come up to me. She's like, I've been telling my kid to do this for six months and you start coaching him for a week. And then you start, he starts doing it because you told him you're the coach. So it's, it's, it's using the power of influence that coaches have to help them like raise the awareness of athletes and it's to help parents understand like how to navigate a kid through a sports experience. Um, because, you know, a lot of times parents will, will feel like that their kids have to play sports. Or they're going to be left behind or they if they're not doing this then, or, you know, like some of them like, Hey, you know, I didn't make it, but my kid's going to make it. So you're going to play this sport. And um, so it's really, it's really um, the village mentality of like having coaches, parents and, and, and athletes all be allies with each other, mm. lifting each other up, teaching them the things that, you know, the things like, what is your definition of success, how to build habits, what's the connection between your mind and your brain, how to be relentless, how to be resilient, how to build communication skill sets, uh, nutrition wise, how to use food for fuel, as opposed to food for pleasure, right? Which, it, you know, that's it, fine. But like the, the sole purpose of food is to fuel your body. So mm. what are we doing there as well? And so it's, raising the questions raising the conversations that are being had and using sports to really get those started you know yeah
0: yeah and uh so when when you end up in the situation where you have uh, unfortunately a lot of times it's the dad who comes to practice and says hey kid don't be don't mess up out there or don't fail out there you know or screaming at the ref or what have you Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you deal with those situations is that an opportunity do you see it
1: it can be yeah i mean it's and that's where we uh we educate we we're working on educating the parents too like you know don't make this about you Like, don't like you know this is about your child and if we can help them understand that you know this is their experience and that failure is okay and that things aren't always going to go their way and that you are actually the example of what your kids are going to be like, whether, you know, your kids admit it or not, they're going to be around you the most. So they're going to become who you are, who you're like. So if you're the radical, like, and it's funny here in America, like, you know, in in a game, it's like competition you know, it just fuels emotion. Like you used to people go on ballistics, like, dang, I didn't know that was like, that they were like that. I, I've never seen them like that before. It's like, you know, we have lost the ability to understand why our emot- why we have our emotions, and we allow them to overtake us. And competition, you know, bring can bring out the best in us, or it can bring out the absolute worst in us. You know, and-, and more times than not, unfortunately, it's bringing out the worst in most people.
0: Well, it is the idea that have a, for men predominantly, it's okay to have a men- have an emotion, uh, which which has to be. Uh, uh, Changed as a societal uh, mindset, I think, uh, and also the the idea that when you have an emotion, sometimes it hurts and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like the more you re- like you were saying in the beginning, the the more you resist that, the more it's going to persist and it's going to come back and uh, bite you on the butt later. Um, so when it, when you do experience that emotion, to allow it to come up um, and just come through you um, and that's why i find very important for children to learn right off the bat that having emotion is okay
1: mm-hmm. and
0: allowing their emotion to express itself because it's a way for your body to, or your body and your soul and your energy to communicate with you mm-hmm. this is how i feel listen to me and if you don't listen it's going to come come biting you in the butt uh, much later yeah
1: like Every negative emotion is telling you, "Hey, this is not working. I don't like this. Like this yeah. is, you know, and so as opposed to reacting to an emotion, like learning to respond to, it, like, oh, what's my, what's, what's this telling me? Oh, I should probably maybe pivot my action because I'm, I'm not liking it. And on the flip side, like, oh, okay, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I should probably keep doing it. Uh, this. This makes sense to keep going. So yeah, it's like, its emotions are our inner, inner communications, and you know, whenever we understand that. Mm-hmm. It helps us make better decisions too. You know, whenever we use our emotions for their their purpose and their intention.
0: So there's a lot of talk now in the uh, corporate, the corporate world about mental first aid. Uh, is that something you bring onto the uh, the pitch or the uh, field or whatever it may be, the diamond?
1: Yeah, it's um, you is that know something you teach, kinda... you
0: teach the children and the parents.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it's it's in our curriculum of like you know you know why your mind how your mind works and then how you can you know giving like little action steps too and then you know we're, we're building out meditations we're building out things to help people as well like we you know we aspire to be uh the mind valley of sports right like the, right. the the personal growth hub of but with this but niched into sports you know and so that's kind of like what we want to become is or what we're aspiring to become um and we have these things on the horizon, you know, since we're, like we've only been really like say Hey, this is a thing since, since November. So we're only two months in. So we're very early in the process, but as we see this growing and expanding, yes, that's going to be a huge emphasis on, you know, because if you don't, you had your mentality creates your reality. So if you don't take care of that first, you know, you it can't go backwards. There's, there's one, there's one cycle all the way through. It starts with yeah. your mentality, you know? And so that's what we, we're, we're going to be definitely emphasizing for sure. Um, working with experts in those fields, you know, is our goal too, like psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, mental performance coaches, you name it, uh, meditation experts uh, on what is the, what are the multiple ways that other people can find that's going to work best for them to take care of their mental health.
0: Do you meet the resistance among the kids and the parents uh, in terms of some some of these more metaphysical uh, aspects like when you start talking about spirituality or the, the spiritual and the uh, meditation and so forth, uh, do you meet the resistance
1: in that? We haven't yet, you know, but again, we're early. So, I mean, it, is, is it possible to come up? Yeah, it is. But what we can do is like, hey, you know what? Here's my results. Okay, You can always go back to like, this is what I'm doing. And, and, and these are some of the, the practices that we're, we're implementing. So look at the results like you, because you, well, people don't understand, they judge. They don't they don't get most time people don't get curious. Most time they judge it. Right. I I've learned to get curious if I don't understand something, but I used to be judgmental more so whenever I didn't understand something. So so taking that flip side of like getting building curiosity through the results that you're getting personally, I think will help ease into that spiritual side of things as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, it is exactly like you say. People don't understand what they don't, uh, what, what they're not familiar with. So, bringing something like meditation, just meditation, uh, just the word meditation might uh, scare a lot of people off. But it, it, just using different uh, uh, method or terminology like relax uh, relaxation techniques or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, and. I mean, one thing I teach my clients that don't have a meditation practice is to just sit first thing in the morning, swing their feet over the uh, side of the bed, put their hands on their chest, and breathe. Mm. If you can do yeah. that... Then mindfulness,
1: right? Yeah. yeah especially mindfulness.
0: You, yeah, and you medit- then you're meditating. And they're like, really? It's that easy? It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> meditation is not there's no set rule that this is meditation you know it's like yeah you, you it's like sleep meditation comes to you and uh, yeah. the the more time you spend just allowing allowing yourself to be with yourself the the closer you're going to get to get that meditation to come to you right which
1: so, is uh yes it's, it's, it's in some ways it might be tougher for a lot because there's so much distraction, especially with devices. And like the, the down some of the downsides of technology is like learning best practices. And, and mm-hmm. if you don't learn those, and it's like your mind's just continuously distracted and flooded with things that like you never allow you to get to a, you know, a deeper state of mind. You know, no, absolutely. But that's one thing is absolutely um, that we're trying to help out as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I suppose if uh, if you have any kids that practice uh, any martial arts. The, all the dojos practice some sort of uh, meditation before and after mm-hmm. practice, as far mm-hmm. as I know, in a way. So it's yeah,
1: it yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Might be an e- easy way to explain it that way, too. So, so the what's the work just to kind of uh, we have a few more minutes left here. So, what's the uh, the work being done now to uh, bring? the social stigma around suicide and suicide prevention and mental health because you you can't go about preventing suicide without uh, addressing mental health right mm-hmm. so what's the um, so what's the work being done now because i know you're involved with some organizations there right
1: yeah a lot of it like i mean in, i'm involved with the united united suicide survivors international a lot of it is like uh storytelling connecting through stories you know it, it's and it's and it's creating a safe space for people to express themselves it's uh kind of the study of like what what are the causes and how we do we take a more proactive approach as opposed to a reactive approach like mm-hmm. and it starts with things like teaching more people about meditation it's it's like you know not making it so taboo to talk about like where you're if you are having thoughts like you know, there's, there's a lot more, you know, like there's like 911 dials now for, for people to call anonymously or, and so that's kind of where it seems like it's going is, you know, focusing on storytelling, uh, focusing on a more proactive approach, um, which is, like you said, incorporating meditation, um, understanding your mind body connection, you know, understanding what's causing the, the thoughts that's going on in your head. Um, and and learning how to challenge your thoughts learning how like yes you can challenge the thoughts that are going on in your mind and you can create original thought that's what makes us human that's what makes us unique and different than any other species is we have the ability to challenge and re and create our own unique thinking you know um
0: well we don't need to define ourselves by our previous experiences we we can actually one of our superpowers i'd like to talk about is that we can time travel mm-hmm. um, Especially when we meditate, and we can go back and look at experiences we've had previously, and and change our mind as to how we perceive those experiences. Um, instead of looking at something from a negative point of view, we can reframe it and say, well, you know, this this is one of many possible, you know, hundreds of different possible perspectives I could take what is one that might be more suitable to
1: more beneficial? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Might help me help me as opposed to put me on my ass, you know, it's- and I
1: like, I like to use the question um like, why is this situation working in my favor or how is this working in my favor? Like, really I just, again, building wonder and curiosity. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it, it may not be the, and that doesn't mean it's going to be enjoyable, easy. It might be uncomfortable. It might be, you know, challenging, but it's like, when you give it purpose and you're like oh this is like maybe i need to go through this f- because it's preparing me for what's next yeah you know you know and so then when you create a positive meaning associated with the event that experience you're having it makes it you know more worthwhile you know it, it gives it purpose so yeah
0: yeah and i mean that's the uh, what victor frankl talks about uh, man's search for meaning is that when you strip everything away like the The Nazis did with the uh, uh, concentration camp uh, uh, prisoners, if you like. Uh, You know, they stripped everything away. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't have names; they had a serial number. That was it. They barely had clothing on the backs uh, on their backs. Um, So what was left was man's search for meaning, right? Mm-hmm. it was that idea and you can always find meaning in every single possible situation as as i'm sure you you've been able to glean some sort of a meaning from your father's uh early uh demise
1: mm-hmm. yeah and if you know if victor frankel can can find meaning in what he went through man like
0: we all can, can't we? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I have no excuse. I literally, like, my life is, um, I, I'm so thankful for where I'm at right now. And so, I mean, if, if that guy can do it, you know, then surely, man, I mean, it, it should be a piece it, a walk walking the park for myself.
0: But then again, I think people also need to, um and i think that's part of the mental health aspect because uh, a lot of people are probably walking around doing saying what we're saying no uh, oh i shouldn't complain because they're, you know people have it worse but at the same time the trauma one experiences is from one's own expect uh, perspective and it's from one's own um platform of experiences so mm-hmm. You know, if the worst thing that happened to me was that I got a slap by my mother when I was five years old, then that's the worst thing that, you know, that is a trauma. Mm-hmm. So just because it's not as bad as something that happens to someone else, it doesn't mean it doesn't diminish the importance it take of the individual. Away. No. Yeah.
1: Because everybody's always living through the lens of their own personal experience. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. so i think that's sure. important to uh, to recognize as well and so how do people i'm going to put this in the show notes but uh how do people get in touch with you jason
1: yeah uh linkedin um and you know instagram are kind of my most um active ones as well as our our websites for 4dathletes.com
0: so that's a um, numeral four d for delta athletes.com. Yep. Dot, uh, dot com okay
1: mm-hmm. cool and uh yep
0: of course, your book uh, "Shattered by Suicide, Renewed by Resilience" is available on uh,
1: Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, the uh, actually the audio book. Kind of a you know, as we as we wrap up, the audio book is kind of a cool story. Um, I you're able to put it on like this partnering company that that will let you put it out if anybody wants to audition for it. And a guy out of Las Vegas reached out to me and said, "Hey, I lost my dad. I lost my son to suicide on May 8th. Uh, of 2019 he's like i would i would love to to do your book i'm a, I'm a voiceover guy I'm, i have a radio station in vegas that i you know make make audio books from and, and i was like oh wow okay and in may 8th was actually the day my dad passed away which was oh. like holy cow i mean you know kind of those like
0: there are no coincidences uh, that was,
1: yeah it was like i could have never have done that myself that was that was much more than there was something more than me that did that you know higher intelligence guide yeah however you want to phrase it right yeah um, and so it's on and so he did a way better job than what i could have ever done um and it's on audiobook as well
0: yeah oh cool and that's on uh, what site audible oh it's on audible okay mm-hmm. yep. so that's through uh, amazon as well then
1: mm-hmm. yep yep cool
0: cool yeah no it's been great talking to you jason and uh, really kind of diving in deep into some some of the uh the work that you're doing but also uh you know the some of the experiences you've had and uh, thank you for coming coming up today and uh showing yourself vulnerable and uh, sharing with us
1: yeah well, I, thanks for having me christian you know i i've learned so much from from your insights recently too as you as you're um you're so well written as well you have such a gift and skill to write too and uh you know the, the things that i've learned from yourself in in a short period of time that we've known each other i'm excited to you know as the future grows uh, and especially you know once we're able to be out and about again and and, and travel and that kind of stuff it's it's going to be it's going to be very exciting i'm i'm thrilled to to be in the same space as all the people that we're getting to know as well physically same physical same physical space
0: yeah yeah it's it's going to be wild isn't it so we we're, we're all looking forward to that jason and uh... yeah but uh, thank you very much for your kind words and your encouragement. I appreciate that myself. So, But uh, I thank you for joining us today. And uh, this has been uh, Jason Holzer joining me today, talking about suicide prevention. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I, for one, is uh, a huge admirer of people that make their way through these types of uh, terrible traumas and uh, challenges in life and come out stronger for it and can bring that type of healing to uh, others that are experiencing the same thing so I wish uh, Jason all the best and uh, good luck in his work and as he he reaches out to the millions and millions of people that should uh, be touched by his work and I appreciate you for spending this time with us if you're interested in uh, other episodes of our podcast, you can get those on our website, thealchemyexperience.co.uk, where you will also find guided meditation recordings, writings, as well as information about our coaching services for individuals, as well as uh, businesses, and also, also how you can uh, train with us in uh, meditation. I hope you will join us for our next podcast, which will be released on uh, January the 22nd, uh, and this is uh, 2021 we're talking about, uh, when we will be having a group discussion about compassion. So until next time, take care and be kind to yourself.